On today's show, Alperin Shingun recently answered some questions about how this rocket season has gone, his preferred defensive schemes, what he plans to work on this offseason, and losing his confidence at one point this season. We're going to break down all of that, plus what we're hoping to see some end-of-season experimentation from these Houston Rockets over the last couple games. We're going to get to all of that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select... Jalen Green, Alperon Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. I definitely want your thoughts on what Alperin Shingun had to say after we get through today's episode. Be sure to chime in in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for making LOR part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making Lockdown Rockets part of your day every single day. Joining us now is your weekly co-host, none other than the X's and O's man himself, Ali Khan Bijani, who you can follow on Twitter at Rockets underscore Insider. And Ali Khan, we're going to talk a little bit about Alperin Shingun today because our good friend Adam Spoland of Sports 610 Radio as well as Gallery Sports put out an exclusive little one-on-one that he sat down and kind of discussed how the season has gone for Alperin Shingun so far to this point. And this article is incredible. I'm going to put a link to it in the uh, in the description of the episodes. You can go check it out yourself and, and you should be following Adam if you're not already on Twitter. He does a great job covering the Rockets and you know pretty much everything in the Houston sports scene. So definitely go give him a follow if you're not already. But... Alicon, there were a couple different spots in this article, Shingun talking about his defense, talking about how this season has gone. And one big one that I think we want to start with here is, is his confidence level um, and how he's kind of communicating with and interacting with his teammates. And this is a big one. And let, let me just, I'll read us back this question and subsequent answer from Al P. And then we can kind of unpack what he had to say. So the question asked was, You've got wins over the Celtics in March. You beat the Lakers and Pelicans in March. Can you feel that this is starting to come together and you're starting to build something where you could be a good team next year? And Alpi's response was really interesting. He says, I'm telling them all the time, when we're playing with each other, when everyone is happy and supporting each other like a team, we are playing very well. But sometimes we lose focus. I think it's really important that we support each other because, for example, I'm playing bad and my teammates are coming to me and criticizing me. That makes my confidence go down. But when you're playing bad and your teammates are coming to you and saying, good job, it's okay, it's just one game, it makes you feel better. I think that's really important for me and for everyone when they do this. What's your immediate reaction to this, uh, Ali Khan? That we're seeing a young player like Alperin Shingun share kind of what helps him in terms of being a young player in this league and developing and getting better. He likes that positive approach, right? He likes to be he likes to be told that he's doing a good job. I think it's not a coincidence that you're seeing Steven Silas even these last few games 
go out of his way. And this has been one for a few weeks now. Go out of his way to really compliment LP post game, right? It's basically been happening since since the two games, right, where LP got benched, and then yeah. <laughs> I had to hit up Silas. I was like, hey, so why is LP being targeted? And uh, ever since then, man, like he's he's really gone out of his way to be complimentary of Shingun yeah. and his defense and his effort and all that. And and I think we're seeing Shingun play some of the best basketball that he has in his career to this point because of it. You know, Alpi's had four straight double doubles for the first time in his career. He's been playing much better defensively. He needs seven assists the next two games. If he gets seven assists, he'll average 4.0 assists for the season for a center. That's pretty incredible. Um, so I, I, you know, he, he's playing some good basketball. And I think just, just for me, listening to what Steven Salas has to say, just shows that for LP, for a guy who has clearly some deficiencies you're trying to work across, but you see the talent, you see the potential. For him, it's all about being positive with him, right? Having everybody come together. And I think that's where he's also really good at sharing the basketball, right? We saw that when he's engaged because his teammates are supporting him and doing those different things, he's finding them. He's a lot more involved in the game too. And it's not just with the Steven Silas things. The point he's making, right, where he says, I'm playing bad and my teammates are coming to me and criticizing me. But he said, if your teammates are coming to you and saying, good job, it's okay, it's just one game, helps them play better. I've seen it a lot. I've seen Jabari Smith multiple times these last few weeks go out of his way when LP makes a mistake. He goes to him and he tells him it's okay or he'll point his own finger up. And so I, I, I think the teammates, his teammates, right, are also learning, you know, that – Alpi may like a certain style of play. Not to say that Alpi doesn't like criticism. I'm sure he he enjoys being told what he needs to do to get better. And he talks about in this article what he needs to be able to work on, including his shooting um, and his footwork, right? But I think it's it's good. It gives fans an added context of, you know, each player is different. That's a part of a coach's job is to be able to adapt to their personality, their perspective. Each player has a different preferred learning style, right? How they're able to really understand and, and, and kind of connect with not just the game, but their teammates as well. And so I think that's, that's something important that's to kind of keep in mind moving forward. This kid is 21 years old, right? He still has a long way to go. It's second season in the league. A lot of these guys are 20-year-olds. They're still learning what their preferred learning style is. I don't think a lot of people are in college, right? It's a college-level age, sophomore in college. There's still a lot of sophomores in college or juniors in college who are still learning what their best way to learn or study is, right? And you're asking high-level NBA players who have to think strategically on the court in a fast-paced environment, learn not just how to be able to execute on the court, but play and collaborate and do things in a very large environment, right? So I just I just hope that this gives Rockets fans more understanding. There's, there's a lot that goes into not just the mental aspect of the basketball game, but off the court as well mentally to be able to provide confidence and perspective to players. Yeah, and it's it's actually really interesting when you think about it because from the perspective of the Rockets potentially moving on from Steven Silas this offseason, what it's going to look like bringing in a new head coach, that's a new head coach that you're bringing into an environment where he or she has to be able to establish new relationships with these players, has to be able to build that from the ground up. There's not going to be any... Again, Steven Silas has that established relationship with a lot of these guys, right? He's three years in with K.J. Martin, Jay Shantate. He's been with... Jalen and Al P their entire careers. He's the only head coach that they've ever known at the NBA level. And Silas is, you know, for, you know, all his warts, whatever, he kind of fits that mold as to a positive personality, right? Jalen's talked about it at points this season. Jabari has spoken about it. Kevin's spoken about it. Shingun's spoken about it. How Silas is kind of like the light in the dark for them, right? And he kind of 
you know, helps them understand and makes it okay. And, and there is a level of like, you know, there's the frustration of, okay, well, are they being complacent with the losing, you know, the accountability aspect to consider, but maybe that is good for these guys. But how, how much is this going to change if you bring in a guy like Nick Nurse, who might be a bit more of a hard ass out of the gate, you know, is that going to be, is that type of coaching style going to be conducive for a player like Alper and Shingun, or will Alpi actually perform worse with that type of a head coach in charge? And if, if things suddenly become a quite, quite a bit more demanding, if there's not really this environment fostering, you know, care and kindness, like I'm not trying to diminish what Alpi said, but at the same time, to your point, every player is different, right? Every player has different uh, requirements for how they're going to grow and succeed in the NBA. And you need to be able to, as a coach, cater to and it's a, not like a wide gonna, array of those guys. Yeah, and it's not like he's going to stay this way, right? As he grows in his as he grows in his career, and as we grow as adults in the real world, the way we perceive and understand and, and learn changes, right? Our preferred learning style changes over time too. How we interact sometimes can grow up being a very talkative, um, you know, extroverted person, and over time you may become a little more reserved, introverted, right? I mean, it's not just trying to give different examples of people change. Not saying Alpi is always going to want this way. It's always good to be positive, right? It's always good to be able to have this, to be able to help. But I think it's just an important context overall to understand that every player is different, Jackson. And we have to be able to, I, I really, I really appreciate Alpi sharing that perspective and being so honest about kind of what his feelings are over the course of the season when people are positive around him and not necessarily when they're criticizing him. Absolutely. Coming up, we're going to unpack a little bit more from this article. Alper and Shingun talking about the things that he wants to focus on this offseason, sharing his thoughts on defensive schemes for the Houston Rockets, as well as we're going to get to in our final segment of today's show, the things that we want to see maybe over these last couple games by the Houston Rockets, maybe some experimentation that we can hope to get our eyes on before the season comes to an end. We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta groceries, school shopping, and maybe getting a little something for yourself, you know you're you know you're already gonna do it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. All you gotta do is link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you can use the cash back to buy that ticket on that flight that you wanted to go on that, you know, check out, you know, go on a little vacation for yourself or, you know, fancy dinner at that restaurant that you've been eyeing around the corner that you just haven't gotten a chance to go to yet. Uh, the possibilities are endless, right? It's money back in your pocket. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta and using promo code LOCKED when you register. It's that easy. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use code LOCKED. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, focusing on... Alperin Shingun for today's episode, this little exclusive interview he had with Adam Spillane and Alicon, let's dive in. Are we, we want to talk about his offseason goals first or the defensive approach to the game first? Where, where, I'm going to let you steer the bus for a second. I mean, we can, we can go into his offseason goals real quick. Um, I mean, I, I do want to get into the defense. I think that's probably the most important thing Rockets fans are looking at. But in terms of basketball, Adam asked him, what is he looking on? in terms of what does he want to focus on over the summer. He told Adam, the summer is so important for me because it's my third season. 
And these first two seasons were about learning. And next season has to be good for me. I need to work hard. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to come to camp and I'm going to be focused on my body and my shooting and my footwork. Those three, I've already told you this season, Jackson, were my big things for him. Body for multiple reasons. He gets banged up. He gets he gets moved around way too easily inside the paint. Um, offensively and defensively, I, I need him to be a lot more forceful. I think a good example of that is Zubac with the Clippers, the way he's able to add more muscle. And his footwork has been good. He's able to always move pretty well, right? But when he added more weight, he was able to use his shoulders to be able to create an advantage and do things. And not saying they're similar players, but just in terms of body size and, and, and adding on weight. I, I like I, I would like to see Alpi also do that as well, because I think he can do so similar damage with a soft touch inside the paint. And it's worth noting, right? When we're talking about adding on weight, we're talking about not adding. We're talking about adding muscle, right? Because like the yeah, thing is, muscle, is, yes, is you know, slimming down, adding muscle. And I, uh, one of the body types you can actually compare Alpi to is think back to like early, like Jokic earlier in his career, right? Like Jokic was a bit pudgier earlier in his career, right? And he, he got to a point where he started to slim down quite a bit. He added more muscle to his frame, got a lot leaner, and that allowed him to have a bit more mobility inside. It gave him, he made him a little bit stronger. Core, both strength, offensively, core strength and upper body strength. Core strength, upper body strength is exactly kind of what he needs to do. Yeah. Um, second thing Jackson, he mentioned, right? He said that he wants to be able to focus on his shooting. The shooting's going to open up so much. They've gone exclusively to that empty Dribble handoff, empty screen roll action, empty corner. Basically, no corner guy. And it's just kind of Jalen and Alper and Shingun on one side of the court. Three shooters on the opposite side. What that means, if it's an empty corner, is that it's a help defender is not there to be able to help on a roll to the rim by LP or a double team on a post up or help on the drive, whatever. There's just there's one less defender there present, more space to operate. If that's the case, and LP is always you know rolling towards the rim, you know that. That, that allows a defender from the weak side, right, from those three-shooter side, the defender to be able to camp and take away LP's, LP's kind of driving lane or ability to post up and do things sometimes. A counter to that what the Rockets have been doing is doing a pick and pop sometimes of those empty corner actions, but keeping LP up top. Now, LP has been shooting a little more these last, last few games, especially this last week. I'd like to see him shoot a lot more in terms of be confident and not hesitate with it. If you get an empty shot and you read the closest player is more than five feet away from you, Alpi, you have a you're tall and you got a high release. Take the shot. Take it. He's and, been and he's been a lot more it. it feels like he's been a lot more confident over like the last month or so in and taking that. It has that to be three. the coaches. Coaches definitely have been pushing they, be, because they definitely are. They the you know Silas is on record from earlier this season saying that they weren't encouraging Shingun to take those threes, and and suddenly they are now. So I don't know what internally changed over this last month or so where they basically decided, hey, we're comfortable with you taking those threes now. Please do it. But we're kind of that kind of feeds back into our point from segment one, right? Is Alpi is a guy who really thrives with a lot of positive reinforcement, right? So if he's getting his coach and his coaching staff is now empowering him, hey, we believe in you. We want you to take those threes. If his teammates are setting him up for those threes and they're telling him, hey, shoot it, take it, right? Like that's going to do wonders for his confidence to think, yes, I'm going to take these threes when they're presented to me. Yeah. And like I said, right now he, he's just kind of popping back out to the perimeter and then he'll initiate a dribble handoff or he'll kind of fake the dribble handoff and go inside. But if he can get a shot going, that actually opens up a lot more space for Jalen to drive baseline or get to the middle of the floor where Jalen is so explosive. So I think that play, if Silas is here or whoever is here next year, that's going to be a very prominent play for this team, right? And you need LP to be able to hit a three-point 
percentage, maybe three or four attempts per game at 35% to get defenses to be able to honor him. I think that's a big step for him. Lastly, he mentioned that his footwork, and I'm going to kind of transition here into his defense. Yeah, did, did, did you think did you think footwork and immediately think defense? Because I I I, I thought defense when he said footwork. I, I did too, because it's not just about him kind of playing post post up position or playing drop coverage. It's also about him if he's gonna play at level, level pick and roll coverage. So that means up top at the three-point line where the screen is being sent, he has to be at the level of the screen. That footwork is also important. I also think he does mean offense, right? Being able to get better at counters because teams are really trying to take away his ability to spin and kind of swim past them. So he has to develop counters, and that's where footwork also comes in. But I'm going to use this as a chance to kind of transition to some of his responses regarding defense because Adam asked him straight up, defense is still going to be a thing. And he said, yeah. Then Spo asked him, they've had you in drop coverage a lot. Do you think at times you can get sucked into too deep towards the rim? Shangun was like, it's been like this all season. Where sometimes changing, I'm going up or I have a low man. Whatever coach says I'm trying to do, just whatever they want. If they want drop defense, I'll play drop defense. If they if they um if they want drop defense, I'll play drop defense. If they want me defending outside, I'll defend outside. I'm just trying to improve and drop defense because I'm not too tall. I'm not a shot blocker, so it's hard to drop def- It's hard to do drop defense, but I'm just trying to figure it out because I have never done it. Then Spo asked him, "Would you be more comfortable if you were in more of a switching scheme?" Alpi replies, "Actually, no, because we have a lot of fast players in the NBA, so it's hard. But if we're switching and helping each other, why not?" So th- those were the responses defensively. Jackson, I'll give you the first crack at it, and I have some observations or just kind of thoughts about what he said. Yeah, I, I'll start. We'll go backwards first. I think that the answer about the switching, you know, at first I, I, I almost want to see the context in which he answered that question, because I imagine having done enough media sessions with Alpie, I'm assuming he said it with a big smile on his face. Like, no, NBA guards are really fast. Um, and uh, so I'm sure the delivery on that would have been a little funny to actually hear. But his follow up, right? We're just, you know, but if we're if we're helping each other, then why not? Right. Like, like, I think he's open to trying different things defensively. And if a new coach comes in here and has a different idea for how to play him in a different way or deploy him a bit differently defensively, maybe vary the coverages a little bit, I don't think Alpi's going to be against it. And I don't think he's going to be a liability if you were to switch him out. We saw him in that Nets game recently, switched onto multiple Nets wings players, and he held his own each and every time that he was actually switched out on the perimeter. So is switching with Alpi something you're going to want to do 24-7 like you do with Garuba? Absolutely not. Is switching something you can do situationally with him where maybe you're just more vocal about it you're calling out the coverages in real time and guys are communicating better on the floor then absolutely I think that's something that the Rockets could entertain but as far as his answer on the on the first part of the question um talking about trying to figure it out right because he's never done it before I find that interesting right I I need to go back I would have to go back and revisit his play in Turkey to see like what types of defensive coverages they actually did use him in over there. Cause I'll be completely honest. I didn't pay too much attention to his defensive film when I was first like scouting him, looking at him, all that stuff. Um, and then he became a rocket and I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's see what this kid can do. Um, so I find that kind of curious, but he does highlight, right? He's very self-aware as to his, his shortcomings as a player. And I think that's the important part is he's able to self-identify like, Hey, I'm not a shot blocker, right? I'm not the biggest. I'm not the fastest. Like I, so I need to be better at the scheme to be the best version of myself that I can be defensively. 
I want to share, I'm going to go through switching first and I'll kind of go through everything else, share some stats first. Isolation defense, 47 possessions defensively. He's defended in isolation. Um, opposing players are shooting 14 of 37 from the field against him, 57th percentile. But like I said, it only it only makes up 4% of his defensive possessions were isolation possessions. Now, the reason why I still think switch in situations is good because you can do things if you have a good defense behind him, right? So if you're, you're playing him with Jabari and Tari and whoever else you want positionally defensively. You have LP switched up top. You can send a quick double, double that transitions into LP leaving, and then LP kind of goes and, you know, covers another defensive assignment. So an initial switch, right, early in the shot clock allows you to be able to still recover by double teaming and allowing him to be able to leave his assignment and go back somewhere else. That's called like a scram switch or a peel switch, something that Denver already does. Denver sometimes invites, okay, you want you want Jokic to switch? Let's switch. Let's, let's switch Jokic. Then they'll get one of their best defenders, Aaron Gordon, to be able to help off from the weak side, right? He comes from the corner. Then whoever was next to Aaron Gordon defensively will cover two specific defensive assignments while the entire sh- team collectively shifts over a little bit to be able to make sure that they're maintaining their shell, right? Maintaining, taking away the middle of the floor, that painted area. So I, I think it can work. Um, that that goes into the footwork aspect of it with LP. The next thing I want to bring up was LP's best percentile defensively has been when he's defended spot up shooting so that's you know basically defending in space or kind of playing kind of off the ball a little bit weak side he's been six in the 63rd percentile on that now without looking at the film i'm just saying this is the context usually in spot up it has to do when you're covering a weak side shooter or one pass away or kind of defending that space or gaps and i've learned that thing that alp is good at gas because he likes to use his hands and kind of create deflections and do things and if that's the case, we've seen Jabari play more at the five in terms of a conventional drop coverage. I think that's something I would like to see, you know, maybe into next season too, as Jabari gets m- more size on his frame, more, more muscle, can Jabari take on more of that drop role or that level, that's, that defense of coverage where he's level at the screen and let LP defend more like, in the corner or against space on the worst shooter because an LP can kind of do his thing and, and kind of use his mind to be able to manipulate gaps or coverages there. Just well, something to what, consider. They, Maybe they, that would be able to do that. We saw, we saw them do that with LP against the Bulls, didn't we? Right? They put they put LP on. I forget who it was. The non shooter in the Bulls starting lineup, and they had him off the ball, and they put Jabari on the guy who was actually on who was going to be involved in the Vucevic. actions more. Vucevic. There we go. Um, so that LP could be kind of hidden in the corner a little bit and not be involved in those. Yeah, and it's, and not, not just that game. It's been it's been like that. I would say they've been experimenting that. So. Just based off what he said, that I'll play drop drop defense if they want me defending uh, outside. I'll defend outside. I'm just trying to improve and drop because I'm not too tall, so it's hard to do drop defense. He's never done it, so it's like I I think he he understands that he's going to have to do that conventionally. It's a conventional coverage, right? Drop defense for a lot of NBA teams is conventional. I would say switching is getting to that level where switching may become that conventional defense, but right now it's drop, especially with a big of like a five on the floor in LP if we're considering him a five in this case, right? So, but I, I do think what I'm looking forward to seeing, and he's talking about footwork, 
is being able to play at the level of the screen. He likes to use his hand. He likes to get deflections. He's created turnovers just by putting his hands there. Even if he doesn't touch the ball, it changes the angle in which an offensive player has to make the pass. He's very quick, very quick with his hands, and he, re- yeah. he reads incredibly well defensively. Yeah, and, and what that does is that makes an offensive player in the scouting report see that and have to change their angle. That allows us a defender from the weeks like Tari, who likes to gamble, to be like, okay, I know it's going to come in from the same. And with more playing time, you're able to see those different types of things. Right? You, the more you play, the more you know how NBA players are going to be able to pass and use their angles and do their things. And this is going to happen with more time. And as LP alluded to, two years of learning, next year's a big year for him to take the next step. I think he does. I really do think that he's going to work on his body, do things with his footwork, and be able to at least give you some more optionality defensively that you didn't have this season. It's crazy because I think the optionality could have been here this year had they been willing to do a bit more experimentation. And just to, to highlight a, a set of numbers here, uh, courtesy of our good friend uh, Nathan Fogg on, on his Twitter account, he highlighted the fact that when you put Tari Eason next to Al P, Houston has a 54th percentile on defense. But then you add KJ Martin and they become 88th percentile on defense. So I... I think from a team building perspective, like if you put the right players around LP, he himself is not going to crater your defense. And I think that's been one of the largely overblown narratives of this year is, oh, LP can't play defense and he's a defensive liability. No, if it's no, a late whatever. game situation, if it's a late game yeah. situation, you're continuously targeting him. I think any coach would probably take him out and you, you have enough wings on this team to be able to switch one through five. Yeah. That'd be fine. I think the concept of like LP being a defensive liability sometimes is a little overblown. Because if that was the case and he was getting targeted a lot, right, I think they would be able to do things to hide that. But if not, you have alpha scores and other be able, other things to be able to do at this point in his career. So I, 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 I think you can do things. Now, that being said, I'm saying all this in, in the thought process that he's going to get better next season. It is up to LP to get better. I'm glad he was very honest in this interview. I'm glad he was very self-reflective in this interview about what he needs to do to get better what he's learned from his coaches that needs to get better, but he has to be able to put in the work. And let's see if he can come back and showcase that next season. Coming up, what do we hope to see out of these last two games of the season for the Houston Rockets? We're going to get there in just one moment, but first today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to different point scorers, three-pointers drained, who's going to have the most dunks, six-man of the year, MVP finals odds. You can see who the championship favorites are over at FanDuel right now. The Milwaukee Bucks at plus 240 to win it all this season. The Boston Celtics right behind them at plus 360. You've got the Phoenix Suns at plus 500. And then rounding out the top five, the Philadelphia 76ers at plus 850. And the Denver Nuggets creeping up slowly at plus 950. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Duel, an official sports winning partner of the NBA. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Two more games of the regular season for the Houston Rockets, both on the road. They played their final home game against the Nuggets. It was nice to kind of close out the final game at Toyota Center with a win. That felt pretty good. 
They play the Hornets, and then they have the final game of the season against the Wizards. Let's start with you, Ali Khan. We'll go back and forth here and, and round out this final segment. Give me something that you're hoping to see or that you're looking forward to possibly seeing here over these last two games for the Rockets. Try different things. Try different things. It's, I mean, it's a simple answer, but what are, what are those things I'm looking at? Let Jabari run some more pick-and-roll action. Run some action where Jabari is getting a screen in the mid-post or in the elbows, just kind of that sideline area, right? Let him run some pick-and-roll actions where a guard is setting the screen for him. So let's say Jalen is setting a screen, right? And he comes off and he pops off, and then Jabari has an open angle baseline, which he likes to drive himself, or to the middle of the floor where he can get a, he can get a, a mid-range release. Let's see that, right? Let's see how Jalen reacts playing off of Jabari. We see how well Jalen reacts coming off of a Shangun screen or when he's setting a screen for Shangun. Let's see the inverted pick-and-roll opposite, but with Jabari right, as as the ball handler. I, I want to be able to see that. I think that's going to give a different look. It allows Jabari to get some more reps in that way, and I think it allows you to be able to see how much Jabari has actually, because he's improved in his ball handling, how much he's improved in his ball handling, and if he can kind of get more reps in how that that looks. These last two games, and he can go into the offseason and say, look, when I ran his pick and roll this side, of the, this side of the court or this part of the court, this is how the defense was converging on me. I think those types of things to get on film is super valuable and important going to next season. You know, I find it so funny that you picked Jabari for that one because I had a version of what I want of, of that, but I wanted to see, I was going to suggest potentially seeing some, uh, some empty corner action with Jalen and Jabari instead of just Jalen and Shingun, right? Because if you run some of that empty corner action there, you can have Jabari pop out to the three-point line. Maybe he, maybe depending on how the defense reads it, you can have Jalen float it over the top to Jabari, let him roll a little bit to the rim. We haven't seen Jabari too much as the roll man this season. There's moments, right, where he'll set a screen and he doesn't like, he's kind of like caught between like a hard roll to the rim and like popping out to the perimeter and sometimes he'll get the pass like kind of in the middle of the floor and we've seen him, you know, turn and just shoot the, shoot the jumper right there at the, you know, 15 to 18 foot range, whatever. But just seeing a little bit of action between those two guys. Cause if I had, if I were to like list my like disappointments this season, it would be that so much of the season Jabari was like an afterthought offensively when coming into the year, I thought, man, like, Jalen and Shingun should have this blossoming two-man game, which thankfully they do, and, and it looks great, and that should be the backbone of this Rockets offense moving forward, regardless of who may or may not be the coach next year. But we've seen very little of Jabari playing off of one of, you know, playing off of Jalen, right? That, that two-man game between those two guys. And a big part of that reason is because LP is so much of the focus usually as far as the primary screen setter. Jabari is usually one of the floor spacers. You know, when we talk about like the empty corner actions, right? Jabari is usually off on the other side of the floor, spacing things out for the defense. So there's an, like, I understand why it's been that way, but even in some of the games like where Jabari or where Shingun was sitting and Jabari was at the five, like those were the games where we saw Jabari involved quite a bit more in those offensive actions. And so I'd like to see maybe, you know, a little bit of that here to, to close out the season. Um, I can either throw it back to you or I can give one more thing that I'm looking for. Give one more and I'll give my last one. Sure. I want to see Jalen put together a complete game in one of these two last games, a complete offensive game. And what I mean by that is we've seen what it looks like when Jalen, you know, has, I, I feel like he's, he's had some really solid games where he has put together like a really strong, I want to see him go turbo nuclear and, and hit ever and hit everywhere on the floor. Right. I want to see him with the three ball going. I want to see him get, 10 plus free throws. I want to see him carving up a defense on the interior. I want to see his mid range dropping. I want one game out of these last two. I would love 
if we could see Jalen when he's got it all going. Because we've seen a lot of games where he has like two or three of those elements going, or we've seen games where he's really struggling, right? Where maybe like he can't hit anything, but all but what he can do, right, is he's learning, he puts his head down, gets to the free throw line, right? And he gets 10 plus attempts in a given game. So he can't hit from outside, shots aren't falling inside the arc, but he's getting putting his head down and getting to the free throw line and finding a way to still put points on the board by doing that. Or Referees aren't calling anything at the free throw line, but he's not getting discouraged. He's still putting his head down and trying to make things happen like in the Nuggets game, right? He wasn't getting any calls in that Nuggets game, but he still managed to get up 27 shots and he still broke 32. He broke a 30 piece just because he didn't give up offensively, right? At no point did he kind of resign himself to, oh, I'm not getting foul calls and I'll settle for some long distance shots or some mid middies. No, he kept attacking. So I want to see him put together a complete game where all, but he's scoring at all three levels and getting to the free throw line because I think that could be his first 50 piece, you know, for a career game. And it'd be, it'd kind of be poetic a little bit, right? He gets his first 40 piece of his career in the final game last season against the Hawks. It'd be really cool if he got his first 50 piece of his career in one of these last two games here at the end of this regular season. So I have two for you. I'm going to start off with um, Tari. I want Tari to finish the season playing all 82 games. He'll be the first rookie to have played an entire 82 game season since the 2018-2019 season and he's just he's been great defensively especially with turnovers and being able to do that and just seeing him to be able to stay healthy with his body frame and size and everything I I, I just think so highly of him um, moving forward that I, I would like to see that now just on the court I want to be able to see a lineup we've seen it but I want to see more of it Jalen, but with four wings. Okay, so I want to see Jalen. I want to see KJ, Jabari, or not wings, but more so bigs, I guess. Well, we, we saw it for a little bit there, right? Yeah. When Jay Tate was still playing and he was kind of that pseudo second guard on the floor. Like, yeah. we saw but like I, I the, want the, the Jalen plus wings. Guard. Yeah. I want Jalen to be the only guard and I want him to play with Alpi, Jabari, KJ, and Tari. And what I want to see from that is legitimately just in a Jalen, Jabari, or Jalen and Shangun kind of action, setting everything up for the rest of the team. And the other two players, in this case, probably KJ, because he's not shooting that well from three, and Tari cutting and roaming in the in, in, in the painted area whenever Shangun posts up or off an empty action. That is a lineup you need to see a lot of player movement with. And, I, and I'm curious, as we try to figure out what this scheme or philosophy is of the future, if we can, you know, get some of that idea or just going to kind of get some more line of data about that. One thing, and this is just one last thing, not necessarily an on the court thing. Phil Stone will give an exit interview next week or exit press conference next week. Um, I hope I can ask this question, but if not Jackson, I'd like you to ask this question is, well, there's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I'm ready. Based, based off of the personnel you have on this current team and based off of the incredible investment you've made in drafting seven first round picks these last two seasons what do you think is the most optimal style of play for this team moving forward what is the philosophy you want to be able to play nobody's asking you to give a specific scheme but what is the style or philosophy of play you want to see offensively and defensively how do you think you can what what, what type of style of play do you think is best conducive to a 118 and, and I know he's probably going to try to like dance around that question, but I would like to be able to hear him on record say what he thinks the scheme or style of philosophy is, whatever it is of the future for this team. That's, that's going to give fans 
much more of an insight into the direction of this team will be. Can I, I, one, I will gladly step up to the plate and ask that question for you. Um, two, if you're, if you're unable to ask it yourself Two, um, I can already envision how he's going to answer. He's going to say, well, we, we, you know, philosophically, you know, our approach to the game, you know, we want to play competitive winning basketball, but we leave that up to the coach, right? So, you know, Steven has a philosophy on how he approaches the game. That's exactly what the answer is going to be. Yeah, I I guarantee you that is in some shape or fashion, form or fashion, that is going to be the answer. But I I still would like to ask it. So it's on record. Okay. But even then, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just, I I would like an idea or a direction of what this team's play style is like. Are you going to play? Maybe maybe he surprises us. Maybe he gives us, you know, you know, shed, sheds a little bit of light on his on his. Rafael, if you're listening, <laughs> Rafael, if you're listening to the show, which I'll be honest with you, you know, it, it, it could possibly is a pro- good possibility they probably listen to snippets of the show. So if you're listening to the show, I think it's just, I think we want to just be able to know what your thoughts are on um, the scheme or style of players, philosophy in general, how you want to be able to play with your seven first round investments moving forward. Absolutely, couldn't have said it better myself. On that note, the next time we talk, AliCon season is going to be over at some point next week, and maybe we'll have some exit yeah. interview stuff to go over. It's been it happened very very yeah. quickly, but on that note, man, you know the drill. Let everyone know where to track you down at. Follow me on Twitter, Rockets underscore Insider. I've been joining Rockets Watch a lot, so I'll probably be on Rockets Watch these last two games of the season. So Ooh. I'm um, and I'm hosting sure I'm hosting the last two games, so gotta tune in for that. Be sure to come hang out with us over at Rockets Watch. Rouge two point but yes. I'm kidding. That's a joke that's on Rockets Watch. I am not Roosh 2.0. I am very different from Roosh, right? Like, I don't look like Roosh, even though people in the comments there said I look like Roosh. But anyways, yeah, we'll see you on Rockets Watch. Oh, my. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Give us your thoughts on the Alperin Shingun exclusive interview. Go read it. Check it out in the, in the description of the episode. Give us your thoughts on what you want to see over these last two games of the Rockets regular season. Put those in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.